Hello, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. I am so excited because I am being joined today on the show by one of my favorite people. Welcome, Kelly. I'm so excited to have you back. I do think there is something to be said about the fresh energy at the beginning of something. And I always feel that at the beginning of the year. And so when I saw you have a couple really exciting things coming up, one of which is a planner, which I can't wait to discuss, the other of which is a retreat. And I feel like both have very much that like fresh start energy to them. I cannot wait to dive into all of these things. You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Before we do, for any of my listeners who may not be familiar with you or haven't heard our last episode together, can you talk a little bit about how you went from hairstylist to seven-figure salon owner, international speaker, author, super coach extraordinaire, like the list goes on and on. Tell me, Tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, it's a wild story when I sit back and think about it because I never really envisioned being where I am today. But yeah, I started off as a hairstylist. My aunt and uncle owned a hair salon and I asked if I could apprentice under them, which they took me on. And after a little while, I decided I wanted to open a salon that just combined the things that I loved about the places I had worked and left out the things that I didn't love. And at first I thought it was going to be something kind of small. I really thought about it as before independence was a thing. It was almost like I was trying to do that on my own where I just was like maybe me and one other person. And I started off with me and one part-time hairstylist, but that eventually grew and evolved. I was lucky enough to work under the mentorship of Nick Arojo, and I learned so much from him. And I just really 10 times my team, 10 times my revenue. And it became a coaching opportunity because people were asking how I was doing what I was doing and what I was doing. And it was really important to me to take what I had been awarded from Nick and his mentors and pay it forward. And so it all naturally evolved. And here I am three years into a consulting business. And like you said, I've gotten a book and I speak on stages and I help so many other salon owners. And it's just a pinch me moment when I sit here and tell what the reality of the story is. It is so cool too, like just being someone who knows you personally. And like we've, I've had the privilege of um, teaching at your salon. We have met in person. You've attended our retreats, like all of these things. And you are just so kind and so humble that sometimes it's like you forget all these amazing accomplishments that you've had. And the one thing that I am just going to hype you up because there are a lot of people who have these impressive numbers and these imp- impressive things on their resumes but maybe don't have the loyalty and respect and admiration of their teams. And you have very much built a business with your team. And 
you can tell like that they are just happy working for you. And what you've built in your salon is literally the opposite of the toxic salon like commission trope that we see so much of. And so that's what I think is so cool that you've been able to really hold on to your core values and you're just such a kind human being while achieving these amazing things that you have. Thank you. That means so much to me. And it's, I would say, one of my biggest core values in running the salon. And it's interesting because I never set out to have the team that I have. I just evolved into that. But I think for anyone listening and hearing that and it resonating with them questioning, like, how or why did that happen? It's I always show up to create the environment that I wanted when I was an employee. So I never walk through there. I almost get like a cringed feeling when someone's, that's my boss, Kelly. I'm like, right. oh, I hate the word boss. I don't see, I see myself on an equal level with them. I don't see myself as a hierarchy. And I just see that my role in the big picture is to support them in their growth and in their goals and to make their jobs as easy as possible while giving them the things that I would have wanted. And there's times when the business owner hat will step on and someone will ask for something and you just want to be like, oh, I can't believe they'd ask me that. And then I have to think about what would I have wanted if I was an employee? As an employee, would I have asked that question or would I have had that want? And a lot of times the answer is yes. Like employee Kelly is very different from business owner Kelly. And when I remember what it was like to be the employee, it really guides and changes my decisions. And I think a lot of times we don't hear it as much anymore, but it was always it's business. It's not personal. And I think it's the opposite. It is personal. If, as long as you're running a good business and taking care of people, then they will help take care of the business and the business will take care of you. I love that. I do think that people-centric approach is going to be even more vital regardless of industry in the coming years. How did you keep that perspective? How did you maintain that perspective as you were growing the business? And I'm sure there were challenges along the way, but what kept you rooted in that? Yeah, I mean, it's been an evolution. It's not that I started my business off this way. I've said this before and you know this because you helped me with a lot of my coaching content is that um, if I could go back to some of those earlier relationships, I have a lot of apologizing to do because I was learning and I was growing and evolving. And the sad reality is there's people that will hold me to what I did 10 years ago when I am a completely changed and different person. So it's just been trial and error and lessons learned. And that's one of the reasons why I coach the way that I do now is so that people can get there faster than I did. But it's just really, it's twofold. It's one part kind of making the mistakes and learning from them as a leader. And also really, I, I do things like I will evaluate myself in other situations. Like when I go to the nail salon mm -hmm. and I see something that maybe would not be my standard as a business owner, yet as a consumer, I'm like, yeah, whatever. And it's learning that sometimes as our business owner, when it's our home, we care about it way more than everybody else does. And that doesn't mean you have to lower your standards. It means you have to really clearly define your non-negotiables because sometimes it's those little details that only matter to us that hold us back when it's more of the big major core values that are going to push you forward and make your brand really stand out. So I wish I had a really solid answer on that, but it's really been an evolution of hard work. And I think growth, just year over year growth. I'm way more, I'm older now. I've been through more life now. So that really affects how you view things and look at things. 
Yeah. And I love that you said that too, Kelly. That's just such an honest answer. And I, this is what I love about you. Like you're just so candid. And I think that the truth is that a lot of people and a lot of us, I think almost everyone in business makes, and you're right, there's probably people who've interacted with everyone under the planet who have a different story about them. And it doesn't mean that you need to be stuck in that place. And it also doesn't mean that you need to beat yourself up over past things that have happened because like you said, everything is always an evolution. And I think that because business is so personal, it can sometimes be difficult to separate. And one of my favorite things that you say is like separating your like actual issues from your pet peeves, which when we are so close to our businesses, I think a lot of the time that's what it is. Yeah. Absolutely. And I find that's where the coaching really comes in is because when we're in the heat of a moment, it's very easy to be distracted with the emotions. So you're feeling all of the emotions and they're really distracting you. And sometimes we even react in emotion. And later we all have you ever had that moment where you're like, man, I wish I hadn't reacted that way. So if you can just pause for a second and do that check in of does this really matter? Is the building going to burn down if this is the way that it is? Or would it be easier if I just took five seconds to like fix what's bothering me and not let that ruin my day or impact my day? And that's where I think the question of micromanaging can come in. And that's where employees start feeling like they're being micromanaged. And so it's really important, I think, as a leader to really assess when you are feeling those feelings. Why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling? What do I need right now? Is it that I need to have a sit down with this person? Or is it that I just need to take five minutes and wash someone's color bowl? Because perhaps they were busy. (laughs) And a lot of times, that's the other reason. It's like we start telling ourselves our own story. So the first thing is they don't care. They're lazy. They're defiant or whatever it is. When it really could have been they'd been holding their bathroom for an hour while they were foiling someone's hair and they dropped their bowl and ran and your five minutes could help them. So it's just really checking in with yourself and realizing why is it I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling and then try to get to the bottom line of what's really an issue and what's something is just bothering you. That's an important distinction. I wonder too, is it that sometimes we're so close to our own businesses and we're so passionate about it that we think anything that's not exactly done the way that we would do it is wrong? Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. I just had this analogy with someone the other day. I can't remember if it was my son. It might have been my son. It might have been an employee. I can't remember. But we were talking about like when I was a teenage girl and I lived at home, my room was disgusting. There was clothes on the floor. You couldn't see it. I had cups and bottles on my nightstand. And your parents are always like, clean it up. They care. It's their home. They want to protect their investment. They want to protect their home. I didn't care. It wasn't mine. The minute I moved out of my house, it's that reality of what's Kelly going to be like when she lives on her own? Her house is going to be a disaster. And anybody who comes to my house is, does anyone even live here? It's so clean, so minimal. It's so organized because now it's mine. And now it has my name. It's my investment that I want to protect. And it's my reputation when people come over and see it. And it's a lot like that in the salon world. Like I own the business. I care. It's got my name. And then we want to think that people just don't care and people are defiant and all of those different things when reality is if it was theirs, they would they would care more. And if you can separate that out, it gives you a lot more peace. Like they 
shouldn't care about it as much as I do. They're not as invested in it as much as I am. So we have policies, we have rules, and we have systems in place to manage that. But I think it's very easy sometimes to forget that reality. And so I, whenever I start feeling that feeling or telling myself that story, I have to remember like teenage Kelly, who was like the pig in her parents' <laughs> and so it's those types of things when you start comparing yourself to real life situations and how you've been in other situations that really help you to navigate those frustrations. Yeah. Oh, that's just so impactful. And I think it's really important to remember that. And I wonder if part of it is when you do start to grow and become a leader and you are responsible for more people and you are overseeing more people and you just have so much skin in the game. And I think sometimes <laughs> it's a sign that you need to take a step back. And I think sometimes like with salon owners and like even independent hairstylists, it can get so much worse when you're overwhelmed. This is something you talk about all the time. You're a person as well as a business owner. I'm curious to know how this part of your life has evolved. Because I, I know you well over the last few years as someone who definitely does prioritize self-care and really focusing on the human, not just the business owner, but has that been a different story in the past? So I'm interested to hear what role that self-care has had in your ability to show up as an effective leader. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. When I first started out, I was working 40 hours behind the chair. I was a young mom. I had a kid at home. Like self-care was something that wasn't really even time for and a lot of times money for because the business was new. But I do look back at that and wonder, like, what would it have looked like if during those times as I was learning and being handled, you know, handed all these new circumstances that I had never navigated before, if I would have had these things in place that I have now. And the biggest form of self-care for me has been aligning myself with people who are coaches. Yes, I get manicures and pedicures and I take hot baths and that is a form of self-care, but I've really aligned myself with people who are where I want to be, who are doing what I want to be doing so that I can learn from them and mirror what they're doing. And that's been the biggest piece. And that's been one that has really helped me to grow and evolve and shape me into a leader that I am today. And so I think investing in yourself, in education, in mentorship, in retreats, I think all of that is something that is so important to help you have the self-care, but also a foundation of support with like-minded people. Ooh, that is such a good point. I've been so lucky as an entrepreneur, Kelly and I are friends. Like we have worked together. We've very much connected. There's other people in the industry, outside of the industry, all of the things. And I definitely credit that to keeping a lot of sanity in the years, in particularly your one into a business where it can feel very tricky. The fact that we're having this conversation, I think could save someone who's listening, who's thinking about opening a salon and stepping into that leadership position to be more intentional about finding those like-minded people from the jump like someone to relate to and someone who understands exactly what you're going through. Because when you step into a new level in your business, you do need to be conscious about finding people who get it and get you. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And it's now that I have a son, he's in his 20s. When he's hanging out with his friends as mom, I'm not like, hey, guys, what are you doing Friday night? I'm going to come hang out with you. 
And it's the same, like as a mother, for me to have my own life and my own independence, I need to have my own group of friends. And then there's no, I don't feel lonely while he's out with his friends and he doesn't feel guilt and it's not weird. And it's the same. I, I equate a lot of times, I always say like my business is my marriage and my team are the children of the marriage and not that they are children. You're gonna need them with each personality and care for them in that way. But I'm married to that business. And it's the same. So it's like with my team, I love to plan fun things, fun outings, which are very like work related, but they're going out on Friday nights without me. They're not asking me to come and I'm not feelings hurt about it. I think it's a healthy boundary. And yet they know that I've got my own group. They know that I hang out in these masterminds and that I'm supported and they have they find a lot of inspiration in what I do. So it's great. It's I'm able to go be in those environments because it is lonely at the top. And I think if you don't surround yourself with that and you don't find your group and your community, you are going to be lonely. And then you are going to have your feelings hurt when your team is doing things without you. But that's the way it should be. And I think for you to avoid feeling that, you've got to find that group of people. You have to find your community. And I mean, that's now when I like just yesterday, I messaged you and Missy because I had some good news and I've got my group now that I can go to and I can cheer and I can celebrate. And that they're cheering for me. And it's knowing if I took that to my team, they're going to be really excited too. But maybe there are going to be some people who might even feel a negative way about it because there's like a, not that my team, I'm not calling anyone out. There are people that sometimes can't be happy for you because they're not there yet. And so it's really important that you're surrounding yourself with people who have the same levels of goals and dreams and successes that you have. You're so right. And I was just thinking about it because I was thinking about, yes, you could take that to to a different audience. But you know what I think about sometimes? It's you need someone who you can share these wins with without feeling like you're bragging. When you share that information, there's no competition. There's no who must be nice. It's just pure joy and excitement for your friend, which is like so vital. I think we all need cheerleaders like that in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not that I wouldn't tell other people. It's I want to go to the people are in a position that they can appreciate it. Exactly. And can relate to it in some way. And yeah, exactly. And that's, I think that's the thing, right? It's not about keeping things from other people. It's just about having a group of peers truly that get it and who are like there for you and who are just as excited by your wins as they are their own. And I know that's something we have been blessed to cultivate. And I think it's just so important for for people to have, especially as you start to achieve a certain level of success in your career. We've really covered a lot of the mindset of leadership and the importance of taking care of the person. But I know that there's more to how you've been able to achieve your success as a business owner than the mindset. That's like the foundational piece for sure and the culture and all of those things. But what does it look like for you when you get into the nitty gritty and you're like, okay, this is how we're going to grow this year. This is what we're doing this year. And of course, I want to hear about your planner because I know I've seen people sharing about it on their stories and apparently it is quite the tool for salon owners. Thank you. I'm really excited about it. And it was something that honestly, I used to draw on a piece of notebook paper for myself. And then in my programs, I turned it into a very generic 
PDF. And then I noticed people were using it and people were loving it. And I was like, wow, I need to make this because this is a tool that I needed that I created for myself. And now others are liking it. And it was working just fine, but needs to be aesthetic and all of that. So we went ahead and made it something that was really beautifully packaged. And it's really neat. So it takes it starts off by taking your year and mapping out what are your important dates and things that you want to remember in your business. For me, it's super important, the small things to to highlight people's anniversaries and how long they've chosen to work for my company. It's, it's a huge honor that they choose that year over year. So we want to highlight that and their birthdays and all of those important things can go right up front. And then the book is broken up into four quarters so that you can always be one quarter ahead, looking ahead at where you want to go. And it really asks really good questions like what worked last quarter? What didn't work? Where are you in terms of your goals and where you want to be? And then what action steps can you take to get you ahead? Is there a retail promotion? Are you having people out on vacation? So you need to supplement for that if it's summertime. So it's really getting you to think three months at a time. And then each month has its own tracker. So you're able to assess what you did the year prior. So year to date, So you can compare this year to last year, and then it breaks down your monthly numbers into services, retail, new clients versus old clients, your payroll margin, because that one is extremely important, and your profit margin. And so every month, you can track those KPIs and see where you're at so that you've got that plan for growth. And I love it because it's your entire year in your hand, and it's unmarked. So if you pick it up in June, you can go June to June. You don't have to lose half of the planner because you didn't start in January. So you can mark it and date it as you want. But I just love the fact that it's all in one book. It's not loose scraps of paper anymore. And I can reflect back and look at it. And it's really cool. I have notebooks and stuff that I look back from like my first year ledgers that I did on like graph paper before I was using a spreadsheet. And it's so fun to be able to take that year and look back. So it's almost like a little yearbook for your business too that you can reflect on and really see your growth. So I'm super proud of it. I think it's a great resource. It's one that I use myself and I teach the people in my programs to use it. I love that. And do you think that has been a part of why you've been able to grow? Talk to me a little bit about that because I know one of the things that we always hear is like the importance of budgeting and planning and all these things. And obviously, our mutual friend, Misty, is the queen of personal finance of how much more fun spending is. That's one thing I learned from Misty is that it's not about restriction. It's about like permission to spend and what you focus on growing and all of these things. So how does that relate to like business? Let's talk about how that works as a salon owner. And also, I have another question. Would this planner also be beneficial for an independent stylist or would this be more for a salon owner with a commission team? Yeah. To answer that first, anyone could use it. I would even recommend my stylist using it if they have goals and want to. So they can look at what did they do last year and how are they compared to this year and what were their services last month compared to this month. So it can really apply to any beauty professional that's looking to just track their KPIs. And there's a quote that I put in there, which actually I heard from my mentor, Nick, Nick Rojo, and it is what is measured can be grown. So yes, Mm -hmm. to answer your question is, If you don't know where you're at, how do you know where you're going? And a lot of times people will say when we're teaching budgets and spending plans and things like that, oh, this reminds me a lot of my QuickBooks. And I'm like, yes, the end result, but your QuickBooks is really the aftermath of what you've already done. Your budget and your plan is 
the pre part of what you do. So it's taking that money and then giving each dollar a job and saying, this is what I have and this is what I'm going to do with it. And then you spend accordingly. And then QuickBooks is just tracking the spending and showing you the results of your actions. That's how they vary. And I think once you can see your numbers and know where you're at, there's something else really magical about it too. Because when I work with salon owners, one of the questions I ask, which is like probably the most biggest KPI for me is your payroll margin. Most salon owners that I work with have no idea what their payroll margin is, and they don't know how to even calculate their payroll margin. And so when you have that information, and I can look at a salon owner and say, what is your payroll margin? And they can say it's 47%. It's a confidence builder. So that's the other thing is that knowledge is power, which is confidence. And so if you want to feel like you are running your business instead of your business running you all of the time and having that big question mark of, I know I'm making money, but where's it going? This is like definitely a tool to empower that. And that's really what it's about. Nick, that all comes straight from my mentor, Nick, which is what is measured can be grown. I love that. And that's so true in terms of the empowerment. Honestly, the biggest change for me in my personal confidence, like financial confidence, is simply being aware. Like it's that simple. And I think that's something that we, you know, we always, and I've said this before, I've said, I'm a creative. I'm not like a numbers person, whatever. But I think that's self-limiting. Like when we give ourselves that that label of I'm just not good at this, I think it really holds us back from being able to be like, you know what, maybe I'm not good at this. Maybe I'm never going to be an accountant, but I can learn and I can learn to understand my numbers and that will give me a lot of power. And I think that applies to anyone across the board, no matter whether you are an assistant or a multi seven figure salon owner. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, There's skill set and then there's creativity. Creativity are the ones who are out there. They're the visionaries and they're creating the new ways of doing things. And I guess in a little bit of a way, I did that with the planner. However, just like haircutting, because like I've always said I can cut hair because I've been trained. I follow a blueprint. But if you are that client that comes in with long hair and you're just like, I want a huge change. What would you do? Sculpt my hair. I'm going to run in the opposite direction. I have a guy on my team, Josh, and he just loves that challenge. He's an artist. He likes it. He likes to sculpt it and cut it. And no, I want you to bring me a picture and tell me what to do and I can do it. But it's because I follow a blueprint and that is a trained skill set. I have a trained skill set, but I would not say I am the most creative artist. And that's the difference with that's the same with numbers is that I can teach you the skill of your numbers. That doesn't mean that you're going to go out there and create new systems and create new ways of doing it. But everybody can be taught the skill. And so whenever someone says, I'm just not good with numbers, I'm like, I'm going to make you good with numbers and teach you what you need to know. I'm going to just teach you what you need to know. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to recreate anything. I just need to teach you this method of how to do it so that you can be empowered as a business owner. Oh, I love that. And it's so funny because as you were talking, I was like, yes, I've definitely had this conversation with many people who are like, I'm terrible at social media and it's, or I'm terrible at marketing or whatever. And it's like, to a certain amount, yeah, you could outsource it, which is great, but you have to understand it. Like you have to understand your message, all of these things. And like you said, it's a skill set. Nobody is born being like, I am, maybe some people, but very few people are born thinking, I know how to identify my target market. I know how to create messaging. It's a skill just like anything else. 
And it's a skill, just like with numbers, that you can't opt out of if you want to be successful. So it's one of those things that we just have to take it on board and, like you said, be empowered by that. And if you want proof of what Jody is saying right now, go look at my Instagram. Because when I started my consulting business three years ago, I just jumped in. And I love Misty, our friend, who is now saying, start messy, right? Just start messy. Go scroll back from where I switched over from a hairstylist who was posting hair to where I stepped into my coaching role and look at that compared to where I am now, having worked with someone like Jody, I didn't know what I was doing. I just started messy. I jumped in. I was scared. I didn't have a single person to talk to, but I talked like I was talking to everybody. And if you look at where I started and where I am now in my content and my social strategy and all of that, like what a difference, right? And so that's the other piece is it is a trained skill set, but don't think you're going to get it on day one. Don't think just because I show you this today that you're going to get it and then you're frustrated because you don't. Just go back and look at that evolution of three years and just know that it's one foot in front of the other. And as long as you're getting better each day, you're growing. If you only grow 5% every day, you're growing. So don't feel like you have to go from zero to 100 overnight because someone showed you something. That's just not the way it works. That is so good, Kelly, and such a good point. And I'm getting this visual right now where I heard this over the last couple months that perfection isn't showing up perfectly every day. It's showing up more days than you don't or progress rather. It's not about perfection. It's about progress. And like you said, if you're even starting with a planner, for example, if you are making a solid effort, even if things aren't getting amazing, like even if they're not growing exponentially from the first month to the second month, just sitting there and showing up and paying attention to it will allow it to grow. And I think that people overestimate what they can do in a week and they vastly underestimate if you just put one foot in front of another, how far you can be in a year or six months or whatever. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit here because I do also want to talk to you about your retreat. And I want to hear two sides of this. Number one, I'm curious, what was it that made you decide that you wanted to host a retreat? So I want to hear about it from the lens of expanding your business. And then also please tell us what the inspiration was for creating the escape retreat in the way that you have and the way that you've structured it. Yeah. I think if I look back big picture, and I've never actually thought about this before sitting here now and reflecting on it, but I am definitely the type of person that when life happens to me, I need to share it with other people. I need to, it's like with all the information Nick passed on to me, I had to give it to other people. I couldn't keep it for myself. And so the very first retreat that I went on was with Elizabeth Fay at Hair Love. And it was a it was a trip in Tulum and it was life-changing for me. It was, I was, I had gone through a horrible divorce. I was looking for an eat, pray, love moment. And I just signed up. That's where I met Misty and Shelby and really started building that community of people that we were talking about that have become lifelong friends. And I thought, geez, if I love this so much, I want to create this opportunity for other people. And so while I was in Tulum on that retreat, I bought my own villa. I would not know that. Yeah. I was on that retreat. My significant other had met me for a few days. We were sitting at a juice bar and I saw a development center where they were putting up villas. And I was like, do you mind if I go talk to them? 
And I'm lucky that he stayed with me because that, you know, that was definitely like, wow, this girl might be a little crazy. But I did. I just walked over and I bought a a villa. And with the intention of one day, I was going to share this with people. And I have, you know, aside from my retreats, it's just open door. I let anybody that I know and love go visit and enjoy it and use it. And it just makes me so happy to be able to do that. And so that's how it came about. It just, I definitely am if I, and I do that with my own son. If I travel somewhere or experience something, I'm like, oh, I got to bring my son. I just need other people to experience it. So that's how it came to be. And then what was your other question? There was the second question. What was it that, because there's so many different styles of retreat, right? What was it that made you choose the retreat you did? And I just want to sidebar before I let you answer that question, because it's so funny, Kelly. I literally had that exact same moment in October in 2022 when I was in Italy and I was like reading my book and I I literally had to keep like a notebook because I just kept getting all these ideas and all these ideas. And that was when I was like, I need to bring my people here. I need to bring people to this country to experience this. And then a year later, we hosted the first retreat. (laughs) I think it's really funny. We are so similar in so many ways. But yeah, that's what I want to know. I want to know because your retreat is so incredible and it's so focused on the human being behind the business. And so what was it that made you feel like this is the way to go versus focusing on like heavily business? I want to really focus on the person behind the business. Yeah. When I was in Tulum, that first retreat that I attended, we worked on our life's purpose. And what we came up with as my purpose station statement was that I want people to, I want to help people experience loving fulfillment. That's outside of being a salon owner. That's literally my life, not just within business or family. It's everything. And that's really important to me that when people are around me or in my presence, that they feel that I help them see that in themselves and experience that highlight the good, help coach them through the challenges. And so that was really my mission underneath all of it. Now, my first retreat, I did attach a business workshop to it. We did my financial audit and it was three steps and it was great and everyone liked it. But I realized afterwards, A, it made the schedule really tight because we go just a long weekend. We keep them short and sweet. And it was really tight. And I remember thinking, I want people to come and just rest and relax and regroup and have mindfulness workshops and good food and sisterhood and all of that. And so I really reframed it. And now I call it Escape to Tulum. And it really is for any high level woman who is pouring into other people and not taking the time for themselves, because that is so important. Kind of bringing this all back full circle on that self-care is it's so important to take that time for yourself. And we go, I, it's all women. So my best friend who is also an event planner comes and we plan it to where you wake up and you have some type of mindfulness work, an excursion every single day to just enjoy the beauty and the magic of Tulum. It is just magical and good food and good sisterhood. So really and truly it was, we do spend so much time pouring into other people, come and let us pour into you. I love that. And I think if you're someone who's listening and you've listened to this conversation and you've one of your major takeaways is I need to find me a group of human beings to really help me do this entrepreneurship thing and true friendships. I think that attending your retreat would be a really solid way to start that journey because taking you out of your comfort zone and taking you out of your day to day opens you up in a way that 
I'm not sure anything else quite does. And I think I love to say this, put yourself in the room. Come be with those people who are doing what you want to be doing, who can up-level, you can learn from them. And so I've said this regardless of if you're going on a retreat like mine, which is to escape and take care of yourself. Now I'm there, so I do offer any business conversations that they're always welcome. But the magic of retreats is really the, the conversations that you have. So I've been to those where there's workshops. I've been to those where they're just more of that escape and wellness. And it's the conversations after you've had a meditation or a breath work or after you've had a business workshop or marketing or things like that. And you start, each person is giving their feedback and perspective over what just happened and what you learned or what you experienced. And those conversations take everything even deeper, including the relationship within the sisterhood and the friendships that you build. And that's the kind of stuff that lasts long after the retreat. And yeah. I find it priceless. That's the stuff you can't put a price on. The price of a retreat includes your food and your excursions and all of that type of thing. But what you get afterwards is just priceless. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. That real-time integration and the relationships, like it is just, there's something about that shared experience, I think that really just elevates you. And so regardless of which retreat, find one to go on this year. It is literally life-changing. And I think that it's one of the best things you can do. And who doesn't like a vacation they can write off also. (laughs) (laughs) And I find a lot of times that retreats have payment plans and it's very rare that you can buy a vacation on a payment plan. (laughs) That is so true. I never even thought of it that way. That is an excellent point. If someone wants to find out more about you, Kelly, and thank you again for your time today. This has been incredible. I'm always, always so inspired after. And speaking of getting to share things with people, like Kelly is one of my dear friends. I always come out of every conversation we have a better person than before it started. And I'm so grateful to you for coming and sharing your brilliance with my audience and just with the listeners of this podcast. So thank you for your time. Where can my listeners go to find out more about you? Yeah. First off, it's so weird to hear you say that to me because that's how I see you. And I'm like, wait, how can someone I see that way see me that way? Because you're just such an inspiration and a bright light. You're just a bright light. And I just love you so much. Um, anybody that wants to get more information, you can get everything on my website. It's um, scissorsmakesense.com. It will lead you to everything, the retreat, the programs, the planner. And you can also find me on Instagram at scissorsmakesense. I've got all the links to everything in my link tree in my bio. So everything is accessible there. And please send me a DM and just say hello. I love to connect and have conversations. And it's always me who answers. So it's really fun when you guys reach out and say hi. This has been incredible. Thank you again. I'm sure this won't be the last time we have you on the show. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.